Morning Good Berean Church. Morning Berean. Good to see everybody out there today. Hey, if you are online with us this morning, thank you for joining us this morning. I am Pastor Justin. And I'm Pastor Kevin. And this is our normal weekly Berean pre-show, pre-service. So you get to tune in, hang out with us. We talk about random surveys. Today we're playing a special game here special that you game. get to watch us perform live. So it should be pretty fun. So this is your moment to, you like know, us. share, comment, any of those things. If you're online this morning, click, hey, click, click. we want to know that you're here. So let us know. And uh, we will thank you for that. Because we're here and we can see us, but we can't see you, but we know you're there and we appreciate it. Yeah. So, hey, uh, today is the big day. The big game. It is a game that, uh, unfortunately, we can't talk about. Well, we can talk about it. We just can't we just say can't, what it is. We can't say what it is because it's trademarked. So it's... It's the it's, name. It's amazing. It's the name that it's must not be mentioned. Cup. We can talk about it. You know, because you like soup to, it, to fear the name is to fear the thing itself. That's so, right. so w what would you call this name that must not be mentioned? This, this trademark name. If you had a name that you were going to call it on the big game that we can't say what it is, Put it would, in the it, would it be like Super Salad Bowl? Um, super. Or like soup. Super yes. Plate? I, I don't think you can say super. Super, super dinner wave. You can't say super. Oh, I can say super. Nope, Superman. Nope, 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 you can say. I can say, say all kinds amazing, of things. Amazing, amazing large. Cup. Extraordinary bowl. Uh, no, you can't say that. I can nope, say you bowl. You can't say either word. No, so in the I'm comments. I'm breaking all the rules. But what you would say, and make sure not to break rules like this guy. Yeah, don't be breaking I'm sure trademark. I'm sure you'll be breaking rules okay. a little bit when we play football. All right, so here's what we're going to do today. Gonna You're going to watch. Pastor Kevin and I, we are going to make uh, some paper footballs, and then we're going to see who can win about scoring on this. So I'm going to try to do this and uh, still talk on the mic at the same hand? time. I'll do it with two hands. So here's why you do it. So I don't know if you did this when you was a kid in school, but... Um, I did. You did? During, like, study hall? Oh, yeah. Oh, during study hall. Not during class, of course. Never Not during, during class. class. Nope. Because hey. we hey. were too busy studying, trying to make sure that we were as studious... Are you making that right? ...as possible. Yes, I'm making it right. I don't know if you are. I, am I making it right, people? Does it, look, does it look like a football? Yes. Okay. Oh, football. Okay. And it's not super, but it's... We're it's, making this here. Okay, mine has definitely see? taken a turn for the worst. Um, Folding-wise. Okay, this is taking a little longer than what we uh, okay. imagined. You know, I used to do it like underneath my desk. Maybe that's the problem. Okay, I got this. We're almost there. All right, once we get this in here... That's the part. ...and locked in. Hey, he just set, he just set down his mic. I still got mine, so by default, I still win. Okay, I'm ready. Done. Paper football. Yeah. Ta-da! Okay, so first one to three. First one to three. First one to three. So we have your, your so you can go we first. probably should do it this way, so that way. Can they see? If it hits you, then We're going to take fun. these out of the way. Yes, we will. Okay. All right, so, so you can do this at home, actually, if you'd like. But, yeah, uh, it's really simple. You not just during piece service. Of paper, you fold it in half, fold it in half again. Then, you know, fold it in triangle, 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 and then at the end, just, you know, fold it It looks it like in. this. Yeah. There you go. This See, we even had cheat sheets. This. Hey, right. if you've never played this game with your kids, you know, this is a perfect time to go grab some paper, and, you know, you guys can play a game, first one to three, while 
you're waiting for this morning service. Or pregame today, you can yeah, do it later. Yeah, yep. for the Absolutely. game that must not be mentioned. Just, okay, here we go. All right, here we go. All right, you ready? First one to first, first one to three points. Don't move that target. Nope. That was the bad. All right, here we go. Bad. I think I hooked it on my on my fingernail. You know, you ever seen those kickers? You know, hook hook the football. They shank it. Just like. I just pulled out the plug converter. I don't know if they saw that. That was it. Are we back live yet? That was it. Are we out? Uh, no, no. They, they said I pulled. There we go. We're back. Hey, you just oh, missed we're Kevin's. Back. You missed my goal. He didn't make it. I, I did. Did you see it? If no, you saw no. It, I pulled please. out the converter. <laughs> Actually, that's pretty then funny. I gotta go again. So no one will ever know if he got it or not. I gotta go again. Okay, here we go. No, that was, you know, I saw that in uh, college yeah, football this year. I saw year. that happen one time. It's pretty sad when that happens. Okay. okay let's do it. Try it again. You know, you know what? I feel like mine has the right official um, width of my football. Yours is deflated a little bit. You know, we've, we've seen that happen before. You dropped your ball. Fumble. I got it. That was good. That was good. That was uh, definitely good. So, one to nothing. All right, here we go. We're setting up here. Alright. Yes! No, nope, that was underneath. What? I saw it go right underneath. I dude, don't know. I'm dude, not sure. You know that. what? You're just like my kids. <laughs> if you shout yes and you're like, I scored a point. Yes! It must have worked, okay? <laughs> Alright, here we go. Alright. Alright. Two to one. No, I only have one. You don't, you don't have, have one. I have two. No, you don't. We'll go in the instant replay in a little bit. Okay. Oh, that was, I was good. That was not good. Oh, if you get two points, I definitely get two points. No way. Going with uh, cheater rules. No, oh, that was definitely that off. didn't make it. Yeah, you were gonna say it did <laughs> if I didn't see that. <laughs> I see how this is. All right, two to one. Oh, oh did you see that? that was good. Okay, that was good. I'll give it to you. Yeah, we okay, can't do two to two. Can't do two hands. Two. Okay, you should have seen that. I moved the goalpost. When have you seen that happen in pro football? Oh, nope. <laughs> I think I need to take my shoes off. <laughs> That's what okay, it is. Here we go. What are you thinking, people? Can you, oh, hit the waters in the way. Nope. No good. Nope, it had distance, but it was off. It veered. This is my third right here. Oh, did you see that? You did not make it. <laughs> I was thinking about what if I hook it so bad that it went on people down Oh, that would be awesome. Oh, that would actually be funny. Okay, here we go. I got to adjust for windage. I got it. No. Oh, yes. Thank okay, you right now. No, I get one more shot though. Thank you. Because you started. Thank you so much. Alright. Alright. Oh! oh, he broke the goal post. <laughs> Alright. Oh, what happens there? No, that's too funny. <laughs> I think that is so hey, at the big game, what do you like to All eat? Right, so hey. Do you like snacks? I like snacks, yeah. What's your favorite snack? Uh my favorite game snack is favorite game snack. Uh nacho cheese and chips. I love nacho cheese and chips. So nobody else gets it? Well, yeah. Because it's not yours. I love it. Yes. <laughs> nacho cheese. It's not your cheese. Nacho cheese. Yeah. Uh, my favorite is probably, let me see what my favorite is. 
My favorite is the pickles that you like. You, you oh yeah, I like the you ham put the pickles. Meat yes. With, oh, that's you know I like what? those the are cream really cheese. good. Cream cheese inside. What is your favorite like game snack? That, game like when snack. you're enjoying a game and you want to invite some people over, like Why party snack. Why did we snack? not make some snacks? I'm hungry. We should have done that. We should have had snacks. I'm getting hungry. I am too. So what's your what's your least favorite? My least, least favorite game snack. <sighs> You know, like those cheese loaves. You know, I don't really like those cheese, like those cheese loaves that have like bacon on the. Oh, I like those. I've never really liked those. I like those. I wouldn't say it's my least. I think maybe sometimes I don't know if you're like this. Does display ever matter to you? Like I look at it and I'm like, it looks like a nest or something. No, here's the thing. When they try to make something look like a football field or something like that. That doesn't do it for me. I'm much, yeah. I want something to look like If there like was some I'm good artistry, though, I would definitely be like, I don't yeah. know how I don't eat it, though. But if, it, if, it's got, if it's not displayed good, I don't want to eat really it. It's really hard to do your least favorite because there's very little that I don't eat. You know, I like would I think eat, like caviar, almost, if it was like some kind of jelly jam I've thing. Not, what not is for something you you don't eat? Like one food that you like, like if somebody sat it down, you're like, ooh, I don't think I could do that. Oh, oh and I've been to Russia with you before. That's exactly porridge. 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 Because he kept on shoving his porridge yeah, over to me Kevin for breakfast. Kevin would eat my porridge when we were in Russia. Because he didn't want to offend anybody. Yeah, so if there's a food right now that you're like, I would never touch that, you know, not even if it was my last meal, I would not do it. And so, what is the least favorite meal? What is your least meal? favorite? So, what do you, do you know what mine is? Because there's only one, and everybody, a lot of people know it. What is it? That your least favorite? What is the one food that if you put down in front of me, uh, unless, unless I thought I would offend you, although I probably wouldn't worry about offending you, I wouldn't eat it. Mac and cheese. No, I like mac and cheese because it's got cheese. Anything with cheese or peanut butter. Oh, okay, okay, pickle there. good. Nope. What? Watermelon. That's right. Watermelon. watermelon. Don't do the watermelon. Oh, and now we're now we have to have a watermelon eating contest. Can't do the All watermelon. Right. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few moments. worried that no one was here this morning. Hey, I am so glad that you've decided to join us this either online or in person. Hey, this is your last moments to do your last things. Grab your coffee, get your snack, whatever you got to get if you're at home. You can get coffee out in the lobby this morning. But hey, we've been doing this quiz this morning and so, um, or this uh, thing that we want to have you help us with participation, okay? So today is game day. It's the big game day, the game that must not be mentioned because it's trademarked. You know what game I'm talking about, all right? So this is your moment that if you could name that game, whatever it is, and call it something different under your trademark, what would it be? Would it be like Super Salad Bowl? Super Dishware? I don't know. Turn to your neighbor and trademark the name that must not be named All right, while you're doing that, I got a few quick announcements for you. Hey, if you're in the young adults, they're having the axe throwing 
competition that is happening on February 26th. So the cost is $38. So if you are interested in doing that, you can go to our website at BereanHub.com, find the link, click it, sign up, or see Pastor Lewis, and he will give you the hookup as well. Sometime this morning, if you choose to give, whether online or in person, you can do that by pulling out your mobile device, texting to the number 84321, the dollar amount, and the keyword Berean. You do that, and you're good to go. Set it and forget it. You can also go to our website at BereanHub.com and click on the giving link. Set it once or reoccurring, and you're good to go. You can also just give your money, your cash, your checks. Put an envelope if you're here in person and drop it in the Dropbox on the way out, or you can drop it during the week if you're like, oh, man, I came this morning, and I don't have anything to give. Bring it during the week. We will take it then, too, and we will thank you for that as well. Hey, just a reminder that we have our Wednesday activities happening every week starting at 7 o'clock. Pastor Gary has just started the Book of Revelation live here in the main auditorium. This last week was chapter one. You do not want to miss this epic, epic teaching on Revelation. So make sure you show up in person at seven o'clock or our BSC or young adults or our children's programs. They're all happening live on Wednesday nights. So make sure if you want to be here in person, please join us for that as well. Hey, my time is almost done. We are T minus 10. So right now I invite you to stand to your feet if you're here in person or at home and give it up for the Berean Worship Band. How many have come to worship Jesus this morning? Amen. Come on, put your hands together.
time and sing. Show us, show us your glory. Show us, show us your power. Show us, show us your glory. Come on, church, can we just lift our hands? Come on and sing that out. Make that your prayer this morning. Show us, show us. Just the church, lift it up. Come on.
thankful that Jesus is our cornerstone this morning. Amen.
covenant king who rescued my world. You rescued my world. this morning. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's declare this song this morning. You sing it out. In this time of desperation, when all we know is doubt and fear, <laughs> there is only one foundation. We believe, we believe, yeah. In this broken generation, when all is dark, you help us see. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. There is only one salvation. We believe, we believe, come on, you sing, we believe.
time with hands lifted we sing to hear, open our minds to understand, Lord, may we open our hearts to receive your word. In your name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Turn to one next to you and say, I believe this morning, amen. Let me hear your hands this morning. We are people of hope. How many of you believe that? Amen. People of hope and so thankful for that. This morning, just quickly, I'm going to ask for Pastor Kevin and Trudy Umfress to come to the platform. Uh, Kevin uh, is filling a unique role here. He is the newest member of our team with the longest tenure. <laughs> this is his third tour of duty. It's either that he, they can't stay away or Pastor Kevin's like a bad penny that keeps coming back. <laughs> Whichever way you want to do that. No, they left us to go straighten out Convoy of Hope. That didn't take as long as we all thought. And uh, then uh, came back to this area and was working at 
Mosaic for a short stint, and we thought we need them back on our team. So his new role will be pastor of community engagement, and that will include the community around us as well as the digital community, and we need to make sure that we aren't just enjoying a worship service in here, but we're interacting with the world around us both physically and digitally. And so we are really, really glad to have them back on our team. This is their first Sunday, and really thankful that Trudy came with Kevin. So would you give them a big welcome this morning? Welcome back to Berean. God bless you. Thank you for being here. We're privileged this morning to have a guest speaker, a good friend of mine, Glenn Reynolds. Dr. Glenn Reynolds serves in a number of roles. When I first met Glenn, he came to Iowa from the mission field of Missouri and was going to plant a church. And this young guy, I know you can't tell by looking at him, but he is younger than I am, and uh, was there at the presbytery. And uh, uh, Glenn, I don't know if you remember, I'm sure you do remember that interview. It was kind of rugged. I remember it got really rugged because there were some questions that were being asked and there was a different philosophy about church planting. And, um, and he lived through that, lived to tell the story and Christian Life Assembly was started went out to the uh, eastern part of the United States and served out there, and he'll be sharing some of his story with you in a little bit. And he also serves now as our legal counsel in Iowa, is here working with our district office and our strategic planning team to determine what God's will and direction is for us for the future. So, Glenn, I say this, um, I say this with all sincerity, is a good friend of mine. One that I would depend on if I needed someone by my side, I know that he would be there. And he's a very articulate and anointed preacher of the gospel. Would you give a welcome to Dr. Glenn Reynolds? Thank you, brother. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Gary. It is my joy and privilege to be back here Berean. Some of you may have been here 25 or 26 years ago when I first came to Berean. You may not recognize me. You've all gotten older. I've stayed the same age. Uh, I've gained a little weight since then, and I, I lost it and then gained it and then lost it and then gained it. Anybody know that experience? I remember Amberly and I moved here from Springfield, Missouri to start Christian Life Assembly, which at that time was a joint venture of Berean. Uh, Des Moines First and Valley Assembly of God. And when I flew into town this week from 60 degrees in Virginia Beach, Virginia to 6 degrees uh, here yesterday and felt the, the snow under my feet and the sound of the salt crinkling as I walked through the parking lot, I got to the rental car and there was a complimentary uh, scraper and brush in the front seat. I said, we're not at the beach any longer. And I drove down uh, to go visit my mother-in-law who lives in Norwalk and I drove past Christian Life Assembly. And I, I just want you to know that that church is there 25 years later and here's what I think of often. There are children in that church who are learning about Jesus that never know my name and never have a clue that Berean was a part of starting it. There are people 
tens, scores of people baptized every year in that church that never will know my name and never will remember that Berean was a part of starting it. Marriages are being restored. People are being saved. Out of that church, I was able to save as the church planning director. And there's a church in Iowa City now of hundreds of people and in West Des Moines of hundreds of people and revitalized churches all over the state uh, from where we were a part of that. And it all comes back to this. The people of Berean prayed and had a heart for church planting and invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in that church. And because of your investment in the kingdom, some nobody else may know that you did that, but the Lord knows and the Lord keeps score and your eternal investment is reaping rewards forever and ever, not only through there, but through our ministry that God has taken us along this journey. And I've come today, yeah, I'm going to preach to you. I've got a three-hour dissertation that I want to walk you through this morning. You have nowhere to go. We'll, we'll wrap up before the Super Bowl. Uh, but mainly I'm here to tell you, thank you. Thank you for your investment in the kingdom of God. It matters. You know, we can do a lot. The Bible says, apart from me, you can do nothing. I don't think that's true because I've done a lot of things apart from Jesus. How about you? <laughs> apart from me, you can do nothing. Here's what I think that means. It means apart from me, you can do nothing of eternal value. Well, I want to tell you, this church has made an investment not only in my life, but in hundreds and thousands of lives, and you have made a difference of eternal value. Would you give the Lord a clap of praise this morning? And I'm so thankful for your pastor, Gary, and his wife, Carol. Don't you just have uh, some of the most wonderful pastors in all of the nation? Well, let me give you just a little bit of background. And we'll, I, I brought some photos. I thought we could pass them around, but I think we'll just put them on the screen. That might be quicker today. Uh, let's go. That's the town I'm from. I'm from a little town in western Kentucky where coal mining was the big industry. When I was a kid, it was 6,000 people. When I graduated high school, it was 4,000 people, and now it's 2,000 people. If you're a pastor, we call that negative growth. And uh, so that's, it's the town that used to. Used to have a bowling alley, used to have a Terry Queen, used to have a high school. But that's where I'm from, just this little town, and you see the statue of the coal miner there. I went to college at Central Bible College uh, in Springfield, Missouri. As you know, that's now been merged into a Evangel University, but right out there at that Y of the sidewalk, I was standing on the first day of registration behind this girl, and she turned around and she asked me a question that changed my life. She looked me directly in the eyes and she said, This, are you eavesdropping? <laughs> I lied and said, No, because I was. Because I thought she was kind of cute, just to be honest. We went to the first class together, and because I'm a, a suave person, I sat beside her. We went to the second class, and it was, there she was. I sat beside her again. I went to a third class. There she was again. I thought I'd play it cool. I sat behind her. Uh, uh, but uh, I asked her out on a date. She said no. I kissed her. She ran away. Uh, but finally, if you remember that old TV show with Urkel, I wore her down. It just took a lot of time. And eventually we got married. And here, here we are. That's my wonderful wife, Amberly. And I, I did say, yeah, give her a hand. She's... Um, 
I did say I'm from Kentucky, so we had a couch in the backyard we could take a picture on and uh, a, a, a van on blocks in the front. And uh, yeah, that, that's us. And so I've been a pastor. I think here's a picture of me. Oh yeah, that's it. There I am. Uh, and then I was also a Bible college president of a small Bible college. The cool thing about that is you get to wear a neat hat uh, every now and then at commencement. And now I became a lawyer. And so that's what I do now. <laughs> And primarily, though, practice law, helping churches, helping nonprofits. So pray for us in particular, if you don't mind, if you could write down January 16th. Our law firm has a case that we've appealed to the Virginia Supreme Court, a very important case. And we're arguing that day for them to take the case. It revolves around a church who uh, left a denomination over uh, biblical issues. And the denomination came back several years later, around 11 years later, actually sued them for their property. And now we've been representing them in that case. So that's an important date for us, January 16th. Pray the court would take the case and then would reverse the judgment of the circuit court below. If you could remember to do that or just say, Lord, help Glenn win. Either way, it's fine. Well, if you have your Bible with you today, and I hope that you do, whether on a device or, or written, if you could turn with me to the book of Lamentations... Lamentations chapter number 3, verses 19 through 24. Lamentations chapter 3, 19 through 24. And I'm going to read it with us, read along with me in your own mind as I walk through it here. I'm reading from the NIV. I remember my affliction and my wondering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I will say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. If you're older than 25 years old, and a couple of you look like you may be, if you're older than 25, you probably remember where you were on the day that terrorists flew the planes into the World Trade Center in New York City. I was playing in a Teen Challenge 100-hole golf marathon not very far from here. Others of us who are older may remember the day that the Space Shuttle Challenger exploded on a cold Florida morning. And President Ronald Reagan told us that the astronauts had slipped the surly bonds of earth and touched the face of God. Some of you who are even a little more older, outside of my age range, may remember the day and where you were when Martin Luther King Jr. or President Kennedy was assassinated in the 1960s. As with these incredible historic moments, there are moments in our own lives that are so challenging, so impacting, so life-changing that we never forget where we were or what we were doing when it happened. They imprint our lives forever and we can never forget them. We remember where we were when the telephone call came. We remember what we were doing when we opened the envelope. We remember everything about that moment when the doctor looked us into the eye and gave us the news that we did not want to hear. And sometimes those, mem those memories are so personal. The moment of a family member passing, a tragic diagnosis of a cancer, 
an announcement that we've lost our job. There are moments that press our souls, moments that shake our foundations, and moments where we don't know where to turn or what to do. And Jeremiah was living in a moment like that in Lamentations chapter number three. This lament was written in the middle of one of the darkest times of Israel's history. If you know anything about the history of Israel, this lament is written in a time where the nation had been asked over and over to turn to God, to repent of their evil ways, and to come back to to the Lord who had delivered them out of Egyptian slavery. And yet they would not turn back. And so God allowed the Babylonian Empire to come and invade. They formed a siege around Jerusalem. They cut off the supplies. And the city of David slowly wilted under the economic and physical pressure of their enemy. Eventually, the city was so weak that the enemy army was able to penetrate the walls. They decimated it. They tore it down. And they destroyed the temple. It was the darkest day in Israel history. And Lamentations is written to reflect on that terrible moment. Now, before we go any further, I, I want you to know there is hope coming, but we're, not, we're, going to, we're going to take a slow path there because often the path that we take in life is slow. Before we go further, I want us to understand what it means to lament. I don't know if Pastor Gary has you talk back to him, but every now and then I like to do that just to make sure the crowd's awake. Are you ready? Everybody say lament. lament. Oh, that was good. Lament. What does it mean to lament? The book of Lamentations is a lament. Over a third of the Psalms are laments. There are laments all throughout the Bible. Jesus himself laments when he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Here's what I've learned in 50 years of living. To cry is human, but to lament is particularly Christian. I don't believe that people who aren't Christians can lament. They certainly can cry. I've spent a lot of time over the past four months thinking about this concept. And here's what I think the difference is between a human cry and a Christian lament. Everyone cries when difficulty comes, when there's loss or trauma or something bad happens. Crying is an outward and physical expression of the inward emotion and God gave us tears so we would have a way to release that. Tears are a natural response to pain, to tragedy, to loss, to hurt, to disappointment. Crying is a human reaction to suffering of any kind or to the same Hallmark movie over and over again at Christmas. <laughs> Lament is everything that crying is but more. Because in lament, there is something underneath the lament, or there is something underneath the crying, rather, and there is something over and above the crying that makes it particularly Christian. Let me explain. Underneath our tears and the reason that we're crying is the spiritual reality that God created a world that was, pro, that was perfect, but now it's broken and flawed. Biblical lament expresses sorrow while acknowledging there is a bigger and more ultimate problem, and that is the problem of sin. Christian lament grapples with the deeper problem, which is why Jesus was called what? A man of sorrows acquainted with grief, Isaiah 53.3. He, more than anybody else who ever walked on earth, 
understood the depth of the problem that's embedded in our humanity. And then over and above crying, Christian lament adds more than tears can do on their own. Christian lament provides hope. Christian lament, this seems ironic at first, but Christian lament is based in faith. The moment you say, God, why did you not reach out your hand to save? You're expressing faith that God, in fact, could have reached out his hand and saved. It's ironic to think that when the psalmist is saying, God, why do you not hear? Why do you not, why do you not respond? The psalmist is saying, God, I know you can. When, when you're crying out to God in this lament, it's not so much an expression of doubt, but it's really ironically an expression of faith to say, God, I'm, I'm in the midst of this sorrow. I'm longing for promised deliverance. I'm wrestling with the tension that God, you are good, but bad things have happened in my life. I'm struggling with the promise that there will be a day where there are no more tears, where there will be no more pain, and death itself will be destroyed. But that day has not come yet. And so here I am. Walk with me through this lament. First of all, I want you to notice that we see affliction here. Everybody say affliction. Oh, so you weren't as good there. All right, everybody, everybody say affliction. 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 Thank you. I got one on the front. Affliction. Look at verse 19. He says, I remember the affliction. I remember my loss. Jeremiah says, I can't get the pictures out of my mind. I see the wall falling. I see the temple being destroyed. I see the, the horde of the heathens running through the holy city. I, I, I remember what we had. And it causes me such pain and loss. But not only that, Jeremiah says, I remember what we could have been. And it causes me so much pain and so much loss. Jeremiah says, I remember the moment. It's seared into my heart. It's printed on my soul. I remember the affliction and I bet you do too. You remember the phone call. You remember the certified letter. You remember when the affliction started. You remember the pain and suffering. How could you forget it? The place, the sound, the smell. That day, you remember it. You remember the loss. You remember the grief. Here's what I've learned. Where there is great love, there is great grief. Remember Jesus? John, isn't it John 11? You know it. It's the, it's the verse that you were always happy to quote in Sunday school. Quote us a verse and you pick the shortest verse. What was it? Say it with me. What was it? Jesus wept. When does Jesus weep? Jesus weeps when his friend Lazarus is dead. They come to him and they say, Lazarus is high. Jesus, who knew he had the power to raise him from the dead. Jesus, who knew that he was going to raise him from the dead. When he finds out his friend has died, Jesus grieves and Jesus weeps. And what do the people say when they see Jesus crying like this? They look at him and say, I think it's verse 35, 36. They say, look at him, how much he loved him. Where there is great love, there is great grief. There's affliction. It brings us loss. It brings us grief. And here's what I also know. The affliction can also bring us into a place of despondency. Look at what Jeremiah says. He says, I remember the affliction, my wandering, the bitterness, the gall. I remember them well, and my soul is downcast within me. Jeremiah says, I'm depressed like Elijah who was running, like the psalmist who says, why so downcast, oh my soul? 
With this affliction can come despondency, loss, grief, depression. But it can also bring shame. If I was a better Christian, this wouldn't have happened. If I'd prayed more, this wouldn't have happened. If I'd read my Bible more, this wouldn't have happened. We're ashamed when bad things happen because we say this is all my fault. And then there's fear wrapped in here too. How will I make it through the day? Where will I go tomorrow? What happens if I can't fix this? What happens if God doesn't answer my prayer? How do we live without him? How do we go on without her? And Jeremiah says, I remember the affliction. I remember it well. And then he says, not only says I remember the affliction, he says, I remember the wandering. Have you ever just kind of felt lost? Where are we going? What are we doing? We knew where we were. There's there's a line from Dante's Inferno. uh, I think it's the first canto that goes like this. In the middle of the journey of my life, I awoke in a dark wood and the way was completely unfamiliar to me. You wake up one day and life has taken a turn and everything that you had used as a compass before just isn't working like it used to. Jeremiah says, I remember the wandering. I remember one version of the Bible says, I remember the utter lostness that I felt after Jerusalem was destroyed. Everything he'd believed in almost is gone. The running in circles in my mind to try to fix the unfixable, to comprehend the incomprehensible, to restore the unrestorable. Affliction and all that it brings, wandering and all that comes with it, emotional, physical, spiritual. Are you depressed yet? Well, let me get one more thing out, bitterness. Look at what he says. He says, I remember the affliction, the wandering, the bitterness, and the gall. What he's really saying is, I remember how sick I was to my stomach. I remember that feeling in the pit of my stomach when the acid began to flow. I remember the taste that was in my mouth. I remember how my circumstance caused my stomach to churn and the acid to build. I remember how inside was twisted. And then look at what he says. I remember them well. Look at it right there. He says, I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Here's what I think. I think that our minds are like a house that no one pays attention to. It will fall apart and it will atrophy if left on its own. If we don't take control of our mind, our mind will cause us to remember. No, we don't have to think. How many of you would say this is true? I don't have to try to remember the bad things that have happened in my life. You never have to go, "Mm, let me think what bad stuff occurred. He says, I remember them well. It is, it's natural. It's in kind of in our fallen nature to remember the affliction, the wandering, the bitterness, and the gall. And that's okay. God says it's all right to remember that because Jeremiah is remembering it here. But now we come to the most important verse in this entire book. This book is different than any other book in the way that it's set up. It's a few short chapters and the most important verse is not at the end. The most important verse is right here in the very center of today's text in the very center of this verse. I remember the affliction. I remember the bitterness. I remember the gall. I remember the wandering. How well I remember them. I am downcast in my soul. Yet, yet, this I call to mind. Sometimes you have to make yourself remember. He said, yet this I call to mind. And therefore I have Hope. 
And that's why this sermon is called Hope in the Middle. Here's what I know. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. But he's also the God in the very middle when everything in your life seems like it is hopeless. He is the God in the middle. But we've got to call that to our minds. Yet this I call to mind. The word yet or in some versions it says but is a turning point in this book. It's a marker that contrasts the lament that comes before and the lament of hope that comes next. When he says I call to mind, it's a Hebrew word that means to return, to remember. It's a word that talks about the center of your being or of your heart. In fact, what what this verse is saying is this, is you've got to rehearse what you really believe. That's why I love that last song we sang today. This is what I believe. The New Living Translation picks this up and he says, in the New Living, here's what it says, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The circumstances have no hope. The narrative around me has no hope, but there is a song beneath the circumstances. The destruction of Jerusalem sends a message, but it's not the entire story. And calling this to mind creates hope. Here's here's why I traveled from Virginia to Iowa today, and it's to tell somebody this. Hope springs from truth rehearsed. Hope springs from truth rehearsed. When there's nothing in your circumstances of their own to cause you to have any optimism, yet when you call to mind who God is, that's what gives us hope. That's the basis to return. Lamentations is leading us to an important and practical step when life becomes difficult and hard and unbearable. It's showing us that hope doesn't come from our circumstances but rather hope comes from what you know to be true despite your circumstances. In other words, you live through suffering by what you believe, not by what you see or feel. This is why lament is helpful and uniquely Christian. Lament mourns the thing that has happened, but it anchors that grief in the bedrock of God's character and the promise of future restoration. Therefore, lamenting can be one of the most faithful things that Christians do. We call to mind what we believe about God. We lament with faith, not just by sight. And hope comes from truth rehearsed. We may hear our hearts say to us from time to time, it's hopeless. But when you, say your heart, when you hear your heart say that, we should argue back. Look at what he says here. He says, I say to myself. How many of you have ever talked to yourself? (laughs) He said, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. He said, I bring this to mind because of the Lord's great love. We are not consumed for his mercies, as I learned it in the King James, or his compassions compassions never fell. His mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O God. Jeremiah's heart said it's hopeless, but Jeremiah argued back. He said, it looks hopeless, yet this I call to mind. Because of the Lord's great love, I am not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Here are things you can call to mind. Let me give you three real quick. Number one, from this text, God's mercy never ends. Amen. 
He makes new mercy every morning for your situation. Number two, God's compassion never fails. He is close to the brokenhearted. And number three, the final word has not yet been spoken. He is faithful. He is faithful. And because of that, we will what? We will wait. How many of you like to wait? I mean, like, if, if there's that game tonight. I'm not a big, um, I was never a football fan. I grew up in Kentucky where we had basketball and we never heard of football. Uh, then I moved to Iowa and I hope I'll divide the room against me here. I became a Hawkeye fan. All right, I'll tell you why. Because every Sunday night after church, we would pile everything up into the U-Haul and take it back to my apartment garage on uh, Somerset Apartments behind the South, South Ridge Mall. Yeah, South Ridge Mall. And we'd unload. But on the way back, Steve Savaldi and I would listen to Hayden Fry's show. And he was the only man that talked plain in the whole state. He said, hi, my name's Hayden Fry. I was like, you sound like me. You're from the South. And that's why I became a Hawkeye fan. I, I loved it. And so um, we don't like to wait. But if it was 20 years ago and we're at that football game, we'd say, well, who has more wins? Hayden Fry or Kirk Ferentz? We'd leave. I don't know. Who won the Super Bowl 20 years ago? I don't know. But tonight, guess what we'll do? If you have the question, you just pull out your handy-dandy little phone. And you can, like, in seconds. Boom, there it is. How many remember back when we had dial-up? Anybody remember that? I mean, you just sit there, turn it on. Wait for that horrible noise. And you thought it was the speed of light. <laughs> Ten minutes later, you're at some website. I remember when it came up, when they invented the internet, some teenager at our church at Christian Life Assembly told me about it. I said, that'll never work. I am not a prophet. <laughs> I also thought veggie tales would never work. I just don't ask me for advice. So here's, here's what I know. Waiting, though, is not just something with chronological time. To wait on the Lord just doesn't mean, okay, I'm going to wait, I'm going to sit here. To wait on the Lord means I'm going to put my full trust in him. He is my portion. And so I will wait for him. This is the whole point of Christian lament. We pour our hearts out to God honestly. And at the end of it, we say, like Job, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. It doesn't make sense, but I'm going to trust him. And sometimes we have to preach to ourselves. I don't know if your pastor's ever preached to himself. But in the last four months, our family has gone through the most horrific time. I could take you to the time and date, 2.17 in the afternoon on September 30th. And there have been many times where I have had to preach to myself to remind myself who God is. And, and I, will, I will pull open my Bible and I will look at the verses and I will tell them to myself. I, 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 will, I will preach to me. I, I'll pull up a verse and I'll remind myself that I'm confident of this, that he who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it. I will look at it and I'll say, Lord, I know you are, I don't feel it. I don't sense it. There's nothing inside of me that believes this is true. But today I declare you are close to the brokenhearted and you will save those who are crushed in spirit. I look and I say, Jeremiah 29, 11 is still true. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to 
give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come to me and pray to me and I will listen to you. And I look and I look and I say, I say like Paul to you, to, to myself, I'm hard pressed on every side, but I'm not crushed. I made it through another day. I'm perplexed. I don't understand, but I refuse to be in despair. I'm persecuted, but not abandoned. I'm struck down, but I am not destroyed. And then I remind myself that of what John said. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and first earth had passed away. There was no longer a sea. I saw the holy city, Jerusalem, the one that had been destroyed has been made new. It's coming down from heaven, from God, prepared as a bride and God himself will be their God and he will wipe every tear from their eye and there'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. You have to preach to yourself sometimes. Well, I tell you what, I, uh, I've taught preaching classes before and this is the part of the sermon where I'm supposed to have a good heartfelt story to wrap everything up. And I looked for one, I couldn't find it. I had one about Queen Victoria. I thought, well, maybe we'll tell that one. But then I said, no. And I was praying this morning, yet still about it, feeling that this message was unfinished. And it's as if the Lord spoke to me and said, it is unfinished because there are people in the room who need to write that story. There are people in the room who have come through verse 19 and verse 20 and they need to come to verse 21. Not rush through all the bad, but acknowledge that the Lord knows he hides our tears in a bottle and lament the thing that has happened to you, whatever it is. But today's your day to begin to have that pivot, to say, yet I call this to mind. And because of his great love, I am not consumed. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. And today I decide, even though it may not make sense to anyone else, even in the midst of this destruction, like Jeremiah said, the Lord is my portion and I will wait for him. So I hope today you'll write the closing illustration to my message with your life. That just like you remember the day that the thing happened, today would begin to be a day of healing and hope in your life. Yet this I call to mind. Can we pray together? Sets are bowed, eyes are closed all over the room. I just want to pray with you. You're here today and you say, Glenn, a thing has happened to me. And how well I remember the affliction and the bitterness and the gall and the loss and the wandering. I well remember them like Jeremiah said. But today I also want to say, yet this I call to mind. Today you want hope and hope comes from truth rehearsed. Today you say, Glenn, pray for me that I would begin to call to mind the goodness of the Lord even in this dark forest that I find myself. If that's you, I'm going to count to three and just ask you to lift up your hand right where you're seated. I'm not going to ask you to move or come forward or anything. I just want to pray for you right where you are. Are you ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Lift it up. Pray for me. Yes. Yes. Lift it up. Hold it up to the Lord. Let the Lord see. Father, you see every hand. You know the thing. I don't know the thing. I don't need to know the thing. But you know the thing that's happened. 
You know the affliction that's come. You know the loss that's called the cause, the grief that's come with it, the struggle that's with it. Lord, I pray right now you would be close to them. Lord, I pray right now that they would make a decision in this place. And it's a decision they've got to keep making day after day after day. A decision to call to mind the truth about who you are. I pray, Father, for those who are, who are getting low on hope, that hope would spring from truth rehearsed. Let this message settle in their heart. And when they're giving in to despondency and despair, let them lament, let them mourn. But in the middle of that, let them remember, I have to preach to myself. I have to call this to mind. And let that happen. And let hope spring to life. His heads are bowed and eyes closed. You're here today and you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ. You're here today and you've walked away from God. You're here today and you're just not sure where you stand with God. The Bible says, I write these things to you so that you may know that you have eternal life. You're not sure where you are. You know where you are. You know you made a commitment. You've walked away from it. But today, you want to come home. This can be your day. This could just be a cold Sunday in February in Iowa. Or this could be the day where you come home to your father. You've never given your heart to Christ. But today, you say, you say I want to stop running my own life and I want to invite Jesus to become the king, to become the Lord of my life. You're in one of those three positions. You've never given your heart to Christ, but you want to today. You have, but you've walked away and you want to come home. You're just not sure and you want me to pray with you so that you can be sure that you have eternal life. Would you lift your hand when I count to three? Are you ready? Here we go. Again, I'm not going to ask you to come forward. Just going to stay right there. I'm going to pray with you. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Lift it up all over the room. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Who else? Who else would join these? That are, yes, thank you. Three. How many others? One, two, three. Anyone else? Would, would you, would you, how many of you think this is the best decision these folks can make today? Say amen. Give them a great hand today for this decision they're making. And how many of you would say, I'll join, I'll pray with them so they're not praying by themselves? You'd lift your voice with me as we pray. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today. In the name of Jesus. And I ask you today to forgive me of my sin and take charge of my life. You are my Savior and you are my Lord. From this day forward, I will live for you. I will follow you. I will obey you. Today I declare that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That he died on the cross, he was buried in the tomb, and he rose from the dead. And I invite him to live in me. I will never, 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 never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Give those folks a wonderful... Again, thank you so much for your investment in my life as a church and in our church that we started so many years ago, Christian Life Assembly. I'm thankful for the opportunity to get to come back and be with you this morning. God bless you. Stay right here with me, Pastor Glenn. Uh, one more time, if you enjoyed the message. I'm glad there's hope in the middle. Glad there's hope in the middle. So I want to give you an opportunity to invest in the ministries that Dr. Glenn Reynolds is engaged in. I'm going to have him share it because I won't remember the details. 
but I want you to um, understand a couple of things. Uh, he's been providing some high-level coaching for our leadership team in the network and has done that free of charge because, that would have cost us thousands of dollars, free of charge because he believes in what God is doing in Iowa. And so I'm going to ask you to do something significant to sow back into that. And second, this is an opportunity like you will never have again. I don't know that you ever again will have the opportunity to invest in the ministry of Darth Vader. <laughs> I don't think that will ever happen. Don't it. let this day pass. That's good. Without investing in the minute. I mean, isn't that incredible? You get to help Darth Vader reach the world. That's so, good. Uh, Dr. Glenn, if you'd share with us. Yes, let me just take take a moment. In September, on September 30th, Amberly and I lost our oldest son, Grant. And after that loss, we determined to start a ministry called Take the World Foundation to continue the things he was passionate about. And so this year, we're raising funds from friends like you to build a church in Latin America, to provide startup funds to church plants, and to invest in the lives of children. One of the things that we're doing is we're partnering with a good friend of mine who has a, a foundation called uh, Rock Solid. He, this, this man was himself a uh, victim of childhood leukemia, but the Lord healed him through medicine. And at one point in his life, he had a friend that had a child who was sick. He said, I want to build him a playground in the backyard. And so they did. He didn't know how to build anything. And it took them days. But now he's learned how to build a lot of playgrounds to the tune of around 500 per year. And so my family and all of Grant's friends are coming together this May to build a playground in the backyard of someone in Grant's memory of a little child that has a uh, potentially terminal disease. So church planting, helping children, and missions. That was what was part of Grant's heart. And that's what we're continuing through Take the World Foundation. And any help you could give us today, we would really appreciate it. Thank you, Pastor. There are several ways that you can give. First, let me say thank you to those of you that are helping us continue moving forward here at Berean. And you know that you can mail it in. You can leave it in the offering box. You can give online. So, But in addition to that, this morning, we're going to give you an opportunity to give. You can give this way by texting the dollar sign and the amount and the word Reynolds to 84321. If you would text the dollar sign and the amount, the keyword Reynolds to 84321, the entirety of that text offering right now will go to that ministry. If you are writing a check or have cash, you can put that in an offering envelope, drop it in the box on your way out. And if you're not prepared to give this morning, but you want to give this week, you can also take an offering envelope and make a pledge and put Reynolds on there in the amount of your pledge and drop that in the box on your way out and we will contribute. What a wonderful opportunity for us to invest in missions and church planting and children and to be a part of carrying that ministry forward. There's a unique fellowship that none of us want to be a part of, but that many of us are. And that's the loss of a child. And it's important that that legacy continue. It's important that that legacy continue. So I'm asking you to do something significant right now. I'm asking you to do something to help that passion continue to move forward. You can do it again by texting. You can do it by going online. You can do it by 
dropping in the offering box on your way out or giving us a pledge and we'll make sure that every dollar goes toward that. Lord Jesus, right now, I ask that you would speak to us by your spirit what you would want us to do that is significant for the building of your kingdom. Let us invest in your kingdom in a way that will honor your name. Beyond perhaps what we might even have imagined a few seconds ago, that you would surprise us with a calling on us to give generously and uniquely this morning that will honor your name. And we will give you thanks in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. How many of you are glad that there is hope in the middle? Let's stand together. And I want us to close with a great anthem of praise. We've got to give him thanks. Uh, there's something bursting in my heart. I hope it's in yours as well that we'll give God thanks for that great gift of hope. Amen. Whatever trial you're in, whatever battle you're facing, it's a great word for you this morning. There's hope in the middle. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain could not climb in desperation I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night then through the darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my is finished the end is written Jesus Christ my living hope who could imagine sin who could imagine so great a mercy what heart could fathom such boundless grace the God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross, the cross has spoken. I am forgiven. The King of kings calls me his own.
people of hope, serve the God of hope in the midst of a world that needs to hear about hope. Amen. So let's live that and tell the story. You can be seated just for a moment. Um, I'm assuming you're all aware of changes that are happening in our state. And uh, those changes that are happening in our state apparently aren't happening in our city. So that's a whole other conversation <laughs> to deal with if you follow the news. But what I'm saying is we'll be making some changes along the way as well. But for right now, we're still dismissing by section and asking you to not gather in the lobby. So please honor that that you wait till the section ahead of you is clear before the next section goes. We're gonna to hold to that for a little while yet. Beginning on my right, moving to my left. Um, when one section clears, the next section can go. And if you would honor that, that would help us tremendously. So God bless you, we love you. We're so thankful God's let us be part of this great church family. And let's take hope to a world that's in darkness. Amen? God bless you.